A Christian mind is not one that is trained to think only about Christian topics. It is a mind that has learned to think about everything from a Christian perspective. We have to understand God rightly to know him intimately. It is the gospel that orients my thinking on every other issue. You can know if you're trusting in Jesus that every single atom in this universe is working for your good. That's why I'm sticking with Jesus. Not because he always does what I want him to do. I'm sticking with Jesus because I just haven't found any better alternative. Black Rear Podcast, Season 5, Episode 9. Episode about the man them. How's everyone doing? Good man, we're back. Yeah, we're back in the studio. Back Shout out Dapo, bring us back in the studio. Appreciate you so much. Do you know um, last time we were in the studio, Ellie was here, and then scary. we're back, and Ellie's back here. See, you, ain't, you ain't done it. Last episode was now. No, we so we done two episodes. Last but it's been like online. Yeah. Okay, yeah. Whereas we're actually back in the studio, like face to face. See your boats. Yeah, and we're joined with see, we're Ali here, A Star Music, you know, Brat Brat. Thank you so much for being back with us. We had to bring you back, especially because the topic, I think, you know, have some solid, powerful men in here. We're a bit disappointed because um, Ali said that he can't rap anymore. Like, he's lost his ability to rap. <laughs> <That's> not, <laughs> I didn't, he didn't say no, that. I said, I said I forgot all my lyrics. Oh, That's real right. psychology. Okay, okay, okay. <laughs> we tried it. We have to prove it. <laughs> and we've got <laughs> Louis like here as well. I feel like Louis was here episode six, episode five? Yeah, six or seven. It was the yeah. Ox BB episode. Is that um, was it? Oh, yeah, yeah it was. Ox BB episode. Yeah, yeah, I remember yeah. you guys were talking about chat TBT, but yeah. Welcome back, guys. How are you both doing? Yeah, not bad. Yeah. Thanks for having me again. Yeah. Yeah, thanks for having me back. Good, man. Good. Yeah. Uh, Mary told me a different time, so I came late. <laughs> I said 7.30 slash... This is the earliest I've ever recorded, you know. If oh, you told me 7.30 slash 8, I'm looking at... I haven't seen eight. Yeah, yeah, my yeah. bad. I, saw, I forgot to go for it. My bad, my bad, my bad. Femi, how are you? I'm right, man. I'm at Essex point now, innit? So, you Londoners, I don't even know how to relate welcome, to you. Welcome, welcome. I don't I'm I'm Tawi, I'm Tawi, I'm Tawi. Tawi living. living. I'm Tawi. Oh yeah, yeah I'm Tawi. Femi Essex. <laughs> <laughs> You're a clown. How's your new ends? I've never actually you watched miss, Tawi. You miss New Haven, you don't lie, you miss New I don't, I definitely don't miss New Haven. You don't miss New Haven. <laughs> I miss London, I don't miss New Haven. Sorry, sorry New Haven, New Haven lot. Where in Essex are you? Basildon. What road? I must said what road. I was going to say, you know. My postcode, my postcode is, yeah, I'm I'm just saying, people with money move to Basildon, so. Oh, is it? Ooh. Yeah. Is it? yeah. I don't know how I got there, then. Podcast, <laughs> pod, podcast is doing well, man. <laughs> you don't know how you got there. That is so funny. No, Basildon's Bas- Bas- good, man. I like it. Yeah? It's, it's right. Yeah. Very black people. I'm surprised. I don't, yeah. know, I don't know why I was, I was surprised. Like, and London, right? Londoners are moving out to. Oh, yeah, like, yeah, I feel yeah. like it's um, Kent and Essex, and yeah. Londoners are just going. Crisis, yeah. yeah, and it's nice. It's nice. I can't wait to see Mary's like, Mary's house whenever she buys a house. I'm still there. I'm living with my parents. I don't think. Yeah, yeah. yeah. We're, We're just waiting. We're just cool. waiting to mansion. No, I'm just trying to stack up. The After, I After I heard where you work. After I heard. I don't work anywhere. So. I, I, I was gonna say <laughs> yeah, that was my fault. <laughs> <laughs> I was gonna say on the podcast. Anyway, <laughs> so <laughs> last episode we spoke about. I think the title was Barbie and Christian misogyny. So we spoke a little bit about womanhood, misogyny, etc. And I thought we thought. To have you know, flip it on its head and do an episode for the man, then so guys, this is a safe space. Apparently, you know, men don't have a lot of places to talk amongst themselves, so just pretend I'm not here. <laughs> yeah, there's too many places, <laughs> <laughs> pretend I'm not here. Um, so yeah, it's a little bit episode about the man, then so hopefully, we'll talk about everything manhood, masculinity, and I think it'll be very, very useful, um, for our listeners and for me, especially too. Um, but it was interesting because today I was actually reading about Andrew Tate, who's in I think he's in trial in Romania. Um, I think it's along the lines of like organized crime and human trafficking. 
Um, and there's a, the prosecution has a lot of evidence. Um, and I was just thinking about the fact that Andrew Tate has a, a massive following. I was reading just earlier in the year around a lot of men um, engage with a lot of content that Andrew Tate does around, like, I think it's what it's got a Hustlers, Hustlers University yeah. course, which Louis enrolled I in. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You've got um, fitness, that. talks about um, um, like relationships, um, gym stuff as well, I've heard. And I was thinking about Kevin Samuels, um, you've, there was a podcast today, what was it, Fresh and Fit Fresh podcast, and Fit, yeah. podcast that was demonetized. And apparently the Red Pill community, which I've just learned what that is, I think for me can explain. But like all these different um, figures, you know, Jordan Peters and all these guys are talking about male self-improvement. Like, why do you think they have such a pull on men in 2023 generally? What do you guys think? Wow. I think... Um, <laughs> A lot of these um, videos are targeted to men's insecurities. Mm. Um, I'm not going to lie, my wife said that today. I don't take the credit for this. <laughs> <laughs> uh, help your, your, me. Your help wife's me. getting more famous yeah. than you, to be fair. I asked her the question, she said that. So, oh, okay. yeah, the wisdom comes from my wife, not me. Mm. But I was like, it's true. Like, it targets men's insecurities, and a lot of them find a safe space in that and just hold on to it. It just completely diminishes respect for women, uh, respect for uh, women's women's rights as well, and it just puffs up the man's ego, and yeah, I think it's 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 nonsense, man. Mm. And it's been like just flooding our timelines yeah. of recent, yeah. it's flooding, and it's just getting more frustrating. It's just yeah, it's it's it's, it's not nice to see. You know what I'm saying? Especially when we're in a world where men have done a lot of evil to women vice versa obviously but um when we're in a place especially as believers i think when we look at when we look at things like this it's like okay how do i approach this as a man also how do i approach this as a believer of mm. course they're going to have some things that you might agree with but the rest is just coated in, in evil in my personal opinion yeah i think um a lot of it i completely agree about the security part because I, I was going to say it stems from a lot of um lack of identity i think um i think especially in modern times um i think there's been such blurred lines um in terms of what it means to be a man what it means to be a woman um that a portion of i guess on both sides i can't speak for the um on the womanhood side but on the male, on the male side at least um you can get lost in that because you don't know what specifically it means to be a man anymore because the lines are so blurred um we're being told that oh well well of course we all believe that we're equal but we're also not just equal but we are the same and there's no difference between male and women and there's no no, no such thing as gender roles and well there's no such thing as gender <laughs> in some cases um and i think what you'll get with that is um people searching for identity in some kind of way. So despite the fact that we've been told and we've been fed that, oh, there's no difference, we're all the same, mm. people are always going to look for identity because I think in our nature is to look for some kind of form of identity. Mm. So when this kind of red pill movement became popularised, it gives a certain demographic of people a chance to actually find identity in something that seems meaningful, that seems beneficial. Um, and the dangerous part of it is kind of what Ali alluded to just, just now was some parts of it you can relate to yeah. or, or even true objectively, you can say some parts of it are objectively true. Um, and if you cling on to the facts that you hear some truths, um, it's easy then to slip in many 
many falsehoods and yeah, many lies yeah. and many other things. Um, and that's what we can talk about in terms of misogyny and yeah. mistreatment of women. And not even just mistreatment of women, just um, um, glamorizing things like having multiple partners, for example, or- Brother polite. Or even having loads of money, yeah. like all just the constant search for money, 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 money. Mm. Objectively, someone might look at that and say, oh, that's not that bad mm. to, to want lots of money. Or you to have multiple partners in 2023. That's not even a, a stigma mm. anymore, like to have multiple partners. Um, so if you latch onto those, um, I guess, uh, criteria of success, um, then you're, yeah, if someone's, if someone's out here preaching that and saying, look, follow me and you're going to get money, you're going to get girls, you're going to get this. Yeah, you're going to latch into everything. And then, yeah, you're going to slip in some other more negative, more harmful things um, into that. So to, to answer the question, yeah, I think it's attractive for a lot of people, especially for people that are um, such for identity. Am I echoing a little bit? Or is it just me? It was everyone echoing. No. Okay. I, I think just to go off what you're saying, I think the annoying thing is the part truth that comes in that and mm, I think yeah. about people like Umar Johnson mm -hmm. Dr Umar Johnson he's a great speaker very good uh, so he stands for some great things when it comes to Africans identifying themselves especially in America and some of the things you're like yes but then it's like what is coated around especially when he comes against obviously Christianity and all that stuff it's mm. like you know what I'm saying I, I, I wish you got it right do you know yeah. what I'm saying mm. and with a lot of these guys some of the things they say is that it's true in regards to uh, sometimes maybe gender roles when they're not kind of enforcing it um, uh, but the frustrating thing is the part truth but not all truth yeah, mm. yeah. yeah I couldn't agree more I think it's funny because um, like you guys have mentioned when it comes to the likes of Andrew Tate the likes mm. of um, Kevin Samuels they all rest in peace by the way yeah yeah, oh, cool. yeah rest in peace they all speak to something that men want which is obviously money sex and power those three mm. things Mainly, that's mainly what they talk yeah. about. That's all under that umbrella. Um, but at the same time, so for example, with Andrew Tate, there's some things that he says, and I'm like, yeah, okay, he's right. Men mm -hmm. should probably work harder. There's a lot of lazy men out there. Mm -hmm. Men are probably weak in some some way, shape, or form. We need to be more masculine in some certain areas. But the, it's the end. So it's a means to a different end, which mm -hmm. is like, for example, leads to like oppression of women in some, um, in some way, shape, or form, misogyny, violence, all that stuff. So I think. Um, yeah, like, we all want money. Young people all want women. Young mm. people all want some sense of power. And then on top of that, there's um, a sense where they feel there's oppression by the, quote-unquote, the Matrix. Mm. You, will, you will hear Andrew Tate, for example, speak about the Matrix all the time. Don't let the Matrix fool you, the Matrix media, the Matrix this and that, the nine to five and so all that stuff. So, automatically, look, so, yeah, automatically, someone's getting out of bed feeling like they're under some sort of oppression. Mm -hmm. mm. So it's, I need to go for what I want, but... I can't let this umbrella of the matrix hold me down. Mm. Yeah, like, I agree with you. I think it's nonsense. I think, I think one, a lot of it is nonsense. I think one of the most powerful points about the matrix and how I think people in general definitely gather a lot easier around a common, like, villain. Like, mm -hmm. when it's, like when it, and whether the villain is the matrix or oppression or misogyny, I'm not, saying, I'm not even saying that these things aren't, like, villains or, like, 
so to use a football example, but like Man United fans, like the, the villain at the moment are the Glazers. The Glazers are the people that own Manchester United. So for non-football, <laughs> I'm not going to go into that, the details behind it. But um, one thing that unifies a lot of United fans, for example, is the villain is the Glazers. Even though we have so much difference in opinion and so many other things, mm. it's easy to bring us together to say, oh, we all want the Glazers yeah, to go, like right? Common enemy. Com com that's the one, com common enemies. And I think, yeah, if we can speak about like, things like the Matrix, for example, or the man, all these people, actually, it's easier to gather people and it's easier people to get people to listen to what you have to say because you can all agree on this common enemy. And a lot of times there isn't an enemy. Yeah. Um, I've been thinking about, I mean, I remember like the first time I heard the term like men are trash. And I think since then... I've never heard that before. <laughs> I think since then there's been, like, I remember hearing a joke about, you know, men shouldn't even have podcasts and it should be like... Oh, they're getting like, on to the men with podcasts. Right? <laughs> yeah, oh like, gosh. you know, like, you know, after, after, you know, the CIA put like crack in the hood and put like podcast equipment. <laughs> I didn't know where you were going with that. the family and <laughs> ruin society. And I think there's this whole sense that, you know, everything is going so well and then men come and it just destroy everything. And even so in just modern, like maybe not modern media, but like just in social media, it feels like there's like this growing sense that men are just not it. Men are trash. We don't want men around. Men just leave us alone type thing. If men were not alive, it would just be perfect world. And how does that affect your psyche? Like, how do you kind of relate when you hear stuff like that? Because I think it does sometimes creep into, like, Christian thought as well, actually. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, so how do you guys relate to when you hear stuff like that? You have like people that? with wives that actually say that as well. And you've got your <laughs> husband right next to you. Like, <laughs> men are trash. And it's yeah. like, rah. It's like, babe, do you want a drink? Men are trash. Men are trash. But she meant systemically. It's she meant. It doesn't mean her own husband. She means the system. They should tweet that. If you're going to say men are trash, put in bracket, except my <laughs> husband, <laughs> my <laughs> brother, dad, uncle, and people that, uncle, yeah, cousin. uncle, yeah, say that. Because we're going to think you just mean everyone. <laughs> just put Wait. some at the front. Yeah, some. Some, I've heard. The men I have encountered. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> but yeah, how, does, how do you we help? Are, we are all sinners, saved by grace. How does it make you feel? Um, it feels like in recent thought as well. I don't remember hearing this when I was growing up. Mm. Or like 10 years ago. I feel like in the last couple of years is when yeah. there's that growing sentiment that, you know. Yeah, so, sometimes I, do, I find it funny. Because um, obviously not all men are trash, and what mm. what is what is trash? Like, what do you even mean by that? Mm. Um, people have different, um, I guess, like barometers in terms of what would equal a trash man. Undateable, <laughs> undateable, mm. filthy fellas. Um, but um, yeah, so people have different barometers of what a trash man is. That, like, for example, a few years ago, it would be someone that is just unfaithful or you know mm. treat women like rubbish. 2023, it could just be you said something slightly that could be perceived to be transphobic or homophobic or you don't, you don't know. Um, what was the one I heard the other day? Um, you go to Asda and your wife has to tell you what to buy. That makes you like try, like you should know what to buy. Like, how can you, how can you not know what it's to buy? Just, it's, it's, part, it's partnered with the ick list as well. Oh, yeah. And then every day, there's just one, one thing. Some, someone yeah. said, someone said, oh, it's an ick for... Um, a guy to wear like a rucksack. I wear rucksacks all the time. <laughs> You're ick then. Yeah, man. I, I, I heard it was an ick for a man to run for the bus. Yeah, that's crazy. I said, I yo. Saw, I saw last week it's an ick for a man to not be able to do 10 push ups. Like, this is so hard. I just passed that. I'm, I'm all right. I'm not on the ick list. I do about 12. Do <laughs> guys, 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 if you're listening to this podcast and you can't do 10 press ups, just practice. <laughs> just do it. What, do a few a day. You'll this get sounds there. very toxic. <laughs> you know what is Mary, though? I think the more um, this world is becoming more unloving and unforgiving, 
alongside things like cancel culture, mm. the more these things are going to keep rising. Because mm. it's like you cannot make a false move and it be captured on social media, otherwise you're finished. Yeah. Yeah. And I think the more people's thoughts are being publicised online, is the more we're going to get things like this. It all, mm. It's not just all that. I think it all comes together Come with it. things like cancel culture and all that kind of stuff. It's more people's mistakes being publicised mm. and being seen on social media. Mm. Unfortunately, I, I think it's got a lot to do with that. Because mm. men, in the eyes of some women who say that, men have been trash for centuries. Yeah. This is not, it's not new. new. Yeah. It's just now that things are more publicised and things are more, um, that's a great goal, things are more publicised and that's mm. why I think it is where it is like that now. Mm. Yeah. So, so growing up, like, what was your, how was your view of manhood formed versus, like, how are you forming it now? Good question. Mm. Really? Yeah, it's a good question. I think... So first of all, the word manhood, I've probably never heard that word until like <laughs> my mid-twenties, <laughs> honestly. Um, yeah, uh, how would I answer that? I think growing up, I, I, I would just think to grow up and be a man would be to just take care of your family. Mm. That, okay. was, that was my first thing. Mm. Take care of your family, put food on the table. How young were you? Like, What was like the earliest time you thought, that's what a man is? Maybe I was like five, six. Wow, wow, okay. <laughs> If, if, if I was eating well, my, my dad was being a man. He was putting food on the table. Mm. Um, so, yeah, I think that was my, probably, yeah, that was that would be the definition. If you would ask me at the age of 10, what is a man? I'd say, yeah, mm. a man's someone who you know, has a family, brings home the bread, mm. that kind of thing. Um, versus now, because there's, um, there's manhood in terms of being an adult and then there's a manhood in terms, of, in terms of me being a Christian now. Mm. Um, and obviously now, when I look at, manhood i look at jesus being the perfect complete example of manhood mm. um being able to uh yeah so so being able to obviously take off the throne that he was sitting on come down to earth stare sin in the face deal with sin in the way that he did um and possess the characteristics that he possessed here on earth um for me he's the perfect example of what it means to be a man um so yeah i guess from there to now that's kind of where, where that's the definition of true manhood for me. You know, Jesus absolutely, completely and wholly exemplifies manhood. Mm. What about you guys? Yeah, I would probably say, yeah, early would be just, yeah, the men in my life. So my dad, thankfully I had my dad in my life, still have my dad in my life. So I'm just seeing whatever he did. I don't think I gave it too much thought when, because you don't think about those things too much when you're too young, right? Mm. It's only a little bit later where, you, where I look back and I say, oh, actually, I think men are supposed to be like this because this is what my dad did or this is what the uncles in my life. Even like church and stuff because I had my dad and then the church I went to had a lot of like men that were in the home. And I, I, I realised afterwards that that's not the norm for a lot of people. Um, I didn't realise that. It's actually hilarious because think about it now, my dad used to tell me that, I don't know if it was even right for him to tell me that, <laughs> but he used to always say, Femi, you're lucky that I'm here in your life. Um, my dad wasn't here to do these, the things that I'm doing. And he wasn't saying it in like a arrogant or gloating way, but he was just trying to say, like, don't take it for granted. And like, yeah. I'm trying to show you, like, like not everyone has this. Mm. Um, and when you're young, you don't, you don't know that much. Other than a few friends that didn't have their parents around, their, their dad around, I grew up in an environment where a lot of dads were. There still weren't, like, there weren't, that wasn't, but majority, because of my church environment, where there happened to be a lot, 
um, that's what I saw. So I saw like uncles or people I would call uncle anyway um, around. So I would just look at them and say, oh yeah, that's what you're supposed to be. Kind of like what Louis said, have a family, go to work, bring home the bacon. But I don't think I gave it that much or I didn't think about how much that affected my view of manhood until a lot later. Until I became, became a man. And I thought, oh, why do I think like that? Oh, maybe it's because blah, 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 blah. So yeah, I think that's where a lot of it stemmed. Again, just tapping onto what Libby said as well in terms of the example we have in Christ. But also like Christian brothers as well, uh, Christian leaders as well, seeing how they live their life um, has played an impact on me like throughout. Um, yeah, yeah, that's what I would say. My approach I think was different. I grew up in what we call ends. Mm. So in a single parent home. Uh, my dad went to jail when I was two years old. So for a short part of my childhood he wasn't around at all uh but when he came out i'd see him once in a while but because it was a single parent home it was just <clears throat> it's not the same as having your dad in the actual house yeah mm-hmm. so i grew up looking at guys outside so my guys on you know in my area or their dads or whatever and the norm for manhood was just girls um money and things like that, do you know what I'm saying? And obviously, a lot of the guys got money illegally. So I was thinking, okay, so in order to be a man in my society, I have to do this. Have the, How many girls do you have? Losing your virginity in the end was like a, a medal. You get a, a medal for that, do you know what I'm saying? You get, you get, you get applauded for that kind of thing. Um, um, thankfully, um, becoming a Christian completely eradicated all of that mindset of what it meant to actually be a man. Um, and servitude was a huge thing for me, especially being a married man, being able to serve people, serve your wife. That makes me feel like more of a man. Do you know what I'm saying? Being able to provide for my family, but most importantly, serving my family. So I think in the other sense where it's like you have to be bigged up or you've got to be the strongest guy in the ends or you've got to be the most violent guy in the ends and all that stuff. Becoming a believer, it's actually twisted round. It's the most humble guy or the, the guy that's meek in spirit or that's do you know what I'm saying and that's that's kind of what makes a man so it's 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 proper contrast yeah. is there any distinctions because you because you guys are black uh, in terms of that affecting your view of like manhood potentially hmm. I feel like that pressure comes from the places like the workplace I don't know if you guys mm. feel the same but as a black men and women have their experiences already mm. in the workplace so a man, a black man is seen as the one thing I think we can relate on is the whole aggression thing. Mm. That man is always seen as being don't don't talk too high or you gotta speak in a certain way, otherwise you're seen as you're just stereotyped straight away. Mm. Um and a woman, a black woman in a workplace, if you if you try and even disagree with someone, you're seen as oh, that's a bit aggressive mm. or you're really so loud. Exactly. <laughs> and and I think we both have that challenge in a workplace as well. I feel like as a black man, um, because I didn't grow up in a society where it's just a bunch of white, I grew up around black people. So I didn't experience racism as much until I stepped out the ends. But I think in the workplaces where I saw it more. Mm. I think it's interesting actually. One thing I've been challenged with more, I don't think, yeah, it's definitely not to do with race, but um, just like stereotypical male interests, like sports, a perfect example. and I like I love sport. Um, 
I can go to anyone and say, if we if we find out, oh, what team you support, and we can have a start full conversation, might even be a whole friendship based on the fact that we support the same team or we both like basketball, right? And I think I've been more challenged, especially being in Christian circles where, or being a part of churches where not every guy loves sport, and I still need to have a relationship with that person. That guy might not have the same stereotypical interests that I do. What I think, oh yeah, all men love sport. Or um, sport is the only example that's coming to my head. But um, yeah, it's just the easiest one. But um, and I need to know that oh, not all men look like this. Not all men just because they're men like sport or like mm. this or want to talk about that. And having tried to that, I've definitely had to try and adjust what I think. Um, men have to, not intentionally, but knowing that despite, because what I could have done, like what I had done my whole life, whether it be uni, um, school work, is I just draw to the type of men that have shared the same interests as mm. me and ignore, kind of not ignore the rest, but like have less deeper relationship with the rest. Whereas being in, as a Christian, you're encouraged to all every man and woman is my brother and sister. Um, and if that person is my brother, despite the fact that we have different interests or they don't have the stereotypical male interest, I need to form a relationship with that person. I need to understand that that, that man is just as man as I am. Um, and despite the fact that he doesn't, he's not interested in what he is. So that's kind of shaped a little bit. And yeah, you can even bring race in that to that as well. I didn't, I, I, yeah. I do not, till now, have a lot of non-black friends. Um, but again, church, again. Basil might change that, yeah, it's true. But, um, but yeah, that's kind of forced me to think, oh, actually, it's not just this type of guy that I need to be. I need to be able to be open, be able to be, yeah, people are different. So, yeah, I think, I think and it's a beautiful thing because I've definitely made, formed relationships with other men that I never would have if I wasn't in that environment. So thank God for it. It's funny, though, because growing up for me, I always felt like I grew up in East London. And brat, brat. Um, there was always this kind of pressure to, for me to change the narrative. It was a subconscious pressure that I had because of maybe the school I went to. Um, not all of the black boys were high-achieving black boys. So I always looked at the guy that I had to do something, if not for my parents, then for teachers or whatever. And I think I've kind of subconsciously taken that on throughout my life. So whenever I meet people who aren't black, there's a small part of me that wants to show them that I'm not like other guys that you may have mm. encountered growing up or whatever. Um, and that's something I'm, I'm trying to deal with because obviously not all black people are like, you know, the way that people like to portray, um, that black people have been portrayed you know, throughout the last few decades. But um, that's something that I've, I've realised is, is a subconscious thing that I've had to battle. As soon as you meet someone, like Femi said, you know, the church we go to is it's a dive, well, it's growing in diversity, let's say. Mm. Um, but, you might meet someone for the first time and you might want to show them, I am cool, you know, you can chat to me. <laughs> we do have some things in common yeah. that we can talk about. Do you know what I mean? So, yeah, it's just, I guess it's, for me, yeah, from being black, that's that's uh, kind of subconscious. You know what's really funny? I'm not going to say, say I, I'm not going to beat the person out. <laughs> I think, Luke, was he there? You're going to, you're going to, you're going to, you, I'll know if you're there. Guys, but you're was, that, there. was that Tom? Was that Tom? <laughs> I've got to say that he is. But <laughs> in church, so like Louis said, uh, the church we go to is becoming more diverse, but it's still majority white, which I think I've said on the podcast before. Um, <laughs> I remember one time in service, um, like uh, someone's phone went off and it was like a hip hop song or something like that. Was he there, Louis? <laughs> and um, it was, I, I can't remember what song it was. I, I couldn't tell you. It was like a hip hop song or whatever, yeah. And. Um, <laughs> One of the members, one of the members of the church, came up to us afterwards and said, "Oh, was that your? <laughs> was that your phone? Was that your phone that I was playing?" Yeah, yeah. And um, it's funny because the way I responded was like, "Oh, like no, obviously no, but like 
Why would you was say it yours? No, I didn't, I didn't even say that. I was like, oh, was it yours? I know you like blah, 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 blah. Yeah. The thing is, yeah, kind of going back on what Louis said, yeah, a part of me, it could have been my phone. <laughs> I like hip-hop music, so it could have been. <laughs> but who are you to tell me? Like, I'd rather... <laughs> I'd rather say, I'd rather just say, no, I don't like hip hop. Yeah. I don't like rap. Even though I know I do. The person said, was it your gangster rap? That's oh, exactly yeah. what he said. That's we, exactly. we were just like a little bit like. That's a microaggression. I was going to ask you guys, the men, how has it been in Christianity or the church setting? How has it been for you guys? Because unfortunately, the conversation of race, black men, continues in the church as well. Mm. How has it been for you guys? Yeah, that's a part of it. I, it's, it's so interesting. Me and Louis have had these conversations before, but like, it's so interesting being in a, again, non, a majority white church because, mm. let's take that example. A part of me knows that the person that did that wasn't trying to be offensive, right? Or wasn't trying to like, it wasn't trying to give off a microaggression or anything like that. Um, so a part of me wants to be gracious, right? And say, I know, the, I know he didn't mean anything by it. Like, he's a nice guy. Like, I don't, he didn't mean anything by it. Um, there's been a couple of other incidents um, where, you know, th- things have happened when it's just, like, mm, like questionable. Um, and as a Christian, you want to, yeah, again, as a Christian, you want to be gracious. You want to be like, oh, no, nah, you know, they didn't mean nothing. Like, they've got a good heart. You know, they're ignorant. A lot, a lot of the people in our church... I, I don't even mean ignorant as in bad. I mean, as in they generally haven't been Just around. A lot, a lot of the people in our church specifically are not from London. They're like, the white, the non-blacks are not from London as well. So they've, they've um, commuted to London, um, commuted, that's not the right word. But you know what I mean? Come to London and they haven't been around a lot of people like that. So I, I'm tr- I try to show grace, but at the same time, a part of me, the black part of me says, no, like, should we, as black people, take, as a black man, should I take that? Should right. I be, should I just be like, oh, it's okay? And then, then that person never learns. Mm. And that's happened a couple, well, now I'm talking about it, it's happened a couple times, and Louis definitely knows, like, it's happened a couple times where it's like, I could be the person to be like, actually, no, that wasn't right. Like, what, what do you think, kind of thing? You know what I think you should be able to challenge that because I think in that kind of setting, when they see you, they don't see Femi the Christian, unfortunately. Mm. And it could be the ignorance, but they see Femi the black man. Mm. Do you get what I'm saying? Unfortunately, yeah. And, yeah. and why you have to challenge that is because you have to let people know, we, we're in a faith-based setting. See me as a believer. Mm. Do you know what I'm saying? I'm, I'm in church with you, unless we don't know each other, but see me as a believer, and then we can have a conversation 100%. deeper deeper than after. Do you know what I'm saying? So if... <laughs> I don't know how I would react to you if someone says to me, is that your gangster rap, you know? That's just one. That's just yeah. one. Sorry, <laughs> these times, these times, I said, I don't listen to rap. These times, he's got a mixtape. <laughs> 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 I don't even listen to rap. Listen to the UB40. But we need to be able to have, be open to have these conversations in church. Mm. So yeah, yeah, no, yeah. Sure. You, sure. Unfortunately, I, I worked for a Christian organization um, and there was a lot of white people there. And there was a lot of situations and conversations around just people's ignorance. Mm. Mm. Um, and sometimes you realise, wow, like, some people are generally just completely ignorant. Yeah, yeah. But there's some people that are actually Christian or not are probably still batting, batting with racism. I, I think you're completely right. And I think we should probably challenge more. But I, I, st- I want to be able to do it with grace. I don't know yeah. how to at this point. So, because I don't know how to do it with grace, I just avoid it. Conversations, bro. Yeah. Conversations. It, it may it may mean 
let's go for a coffee mm. or mm. oh come around my house and conversation starts mm. whereas if you want to draw them out for not draw them out but if you want to have a conversation about something that's been said oh bro, i, I want to know like what what did you mean when you said that or mm. how comes your what what's made you think that about me or us or black people or um you know most times people are just on the fence when you challenge them about things like that mm. but open dialogue and conversation is very important for them to know your side of things but for you to also understand so you just kind of know how to navigate yeah, things from exactly. there it's not i think we need to have them conversations in church i remember when the whole um george floyd situation happened and then the pastor of hillsong said that's an american issue we don't need to discuss that and it's like no it's a world and a, a sin issue uh, and racism is sin mm. and we have to discuss that yeah for sure and if it's a sin issue then the church and the gospel challenges that and Jesus challenges sin or Jesus has overcome sin, we need to discuss that in the church. Mm. We can't run away from that conversation and hide behind Jesus or hide behind the church walls and say that's a them thing, it's not us. If it affects someone for seeing their brother or sister or whoever being killed on their phone and it's made you feel a way, for you to say that's a them thing, you're completely dismissing the conversation. And I think we need to stop dismissing the conversation of race or black men or black women and how we're being treated in the church. Mm. And I think part of the, um, I don't know the word I'm looking for, but like the, the not like the antithesis, the antithesis, is that the right word? I don't know. But anyway, the reverse aspects of like manhood is abdication. And if we, if we abdicate those conversations, we're abdicating responsibility for something mm-hmm. which is in some senses harming the church in, mm. you know, or harming just the world in general. By the way, Crossway's a good church. Yeah, Crossway. Yeah. Like, no one needs to check us out. Like, yeah. Yeah. These guys are going to be good church. Crossway, bad times. That is so funny. Church. I, I didn't yeah. want to wait to the end of the podcast, but yeah. I know a few people there. It's cool. It's a great church. It's a great church. How do you guys? It's a great church full of sinners saved by grace. Crossway's trash. Forget it. How do you guys, like, thinking about toxic masculinity, so how do you guys respond to, like, the idea that, you know, men can't be sensitive or you know men have to be alpha males or men have to be i don't know hustlers or all the all the general kind of strong male stereotypes yeah. that society and often the church black people can push onto men yeah i was gonna speak on that because i think there are those loads of those toxic masculine or masculine masculine traits that are put out there and encouraged um, but i also think the exact reverse is happening in 23 in terms of Showing because even going back to that same conversation we were just ha- we were just having about how to respond to things like that that happen in church or whatever, I think now especially now and especially because we're black men I think I think Ali spoke to it a bit the the temptation when someone makes a microaggression is I want to make sure I seem as harmless as possible so I don't want to be confrontational because I already I'm a black man tall I'm I'm tall I'm big I want to try and make myself seem as harmless as possible so. I don't want to be confrontational because otherwise they might, I might fit into all these stereotypes. And Ali talks about that in work, but it can also happen in the church. Um, but linking to your question, Mary, I think, I think those traits are, are bad, like misogyny, um, over, over masculine, like I have to exaggerate in a masculine, masculine say, oh, the ability to not be sensitive and not to be in touch with your emotions. Um, as men, we shouldn't be like that. We should be able, be able to be sensitive when necessary. Mm. We need to. We should be able to be in, in touch with our emotions. All those things. That's all good. But I think 
kind of what I was saying at the beginning, I think the reason why we men struggle so much with identity is because we're told either <laughs> be hyper-masculine, otherwise you're not an alpha male, or don't do any of that, otherwise you're a toxic male or you're trash. Mm. And um, Where's the balance? finding the balance is quite difficult. Um, so, yeah, I think... Is, yeah, I think it is super difficult because well, where's the line? Like where, and that's that's what you get, right? You get a lot of the time you get extremes. You get guys that don't show any emotion, or you guys. I don't even want to say guys that show too much. That sounds bad, doesn't it? But maybe maybe less control over their emotion. And I think I'm trying to find, find a way to word this, but I think there are. I I believe anyway that there are ways that men and women are different when it comes to emotion that. As much as we should be in touch and we should be sensitive, we also have a responsibility to have a certain control. This might this might sound mad and people might disagree, but a certain control over our emotions where we're not letting um, our emotions lead our decision. So it's not the fact that we don't we don't feel emotion or we don't feel sensitive to certain things, but I also think we have a responsibility to control those emotions where it doesn't lead us. Yeah, um, I mean, emotional regulation. Yeah, I guess that's a good word. Um, so, but that could look toxic to a certain demographic. You say, why are you not feeling it this way? Why are you not crying in this way? Why are you not doing it? When I don't think that's what, yeah, I don't, in every case, I don't think that's what we're supposed to do. So I, I think the difficult, long story short, I think the difficulty is finding that balance. Um, you've got one side saying that we need to be toxic and you've got one side that we shouldn't be masculine at all. And any kind of, any kind of show of masculinity is toxic. Because like, what is toxic masculinity? Is this anything <laughs> at this point? <laughs> like, like, say, being a leader of the household, to many people, if I said to a lot of people in 2023, I am the leader of my household, I am trash. I don't think people would deem that toxic, though. Maybe not toxic, but definitely, okay, patriarchal. They might, or, they might say that I'm the, I'm, uh, being domineering. So if I said, in 2023, again, I'll talk to a non-Christian audience, let's mm-hmm. say, if I say... In my household, I am the leader. My wife submits to me. Not, you just, tell me. not just non-Christians, bro. It's true. You're absolutely right. If I tweet you that today, you're telling me... I think, I think, of course, there will be pockets that would... would I don't know if it's pockets anymore. And I think I, I, I think Ali's right. I don't even think it's just outside of non-Christians. Yeah. I don't, I don't think it's... As As, saying, outside I don't, with Femi, no, I, I think... It's yeah, it's, it's everywhere now. So you'll be deemed toxic if you... In the church, guys. Toxic's a maybe big, toxic, it's a big word, toxic, but some people will definitely challenge that. Oh, no, for sure. I yeah, definitely agree. Yeah, I, yeah. I think we were speaking about that in the last episode. Definitely agree, because I think headship, submission is is always going to be quite a, a difficult or kind of a, a hard thing to, to to kind of unpack. But I think toxic masculinity is usually kind of the, yeah, like the exaggeration of what it means to be a man. But I think that's what it once was. I think in 2023, okay, I think in 2023, like I was saying right at the beginning, I think the lines have been blurred. Mm. Um, and again, the barometer of what is trash or what is toxic mm. has just changed, or the the the, the bar has just widened um, in terms of what it. De- so that, and that leaves men again with a hard position because yeah. you don't it just by, by virtue of you being showing any kind of masculinity or any kind of manhood can can not in every case, but can look toxic. So. Yeah. I even remember when um, I think Jonathan Majors, this was before Creed came out earlier this year, he posted, he, he had like, he was on a cover of a, a magazine in America and he was, I don't remember what he was wearing, he was dressed quite flamboyantly and people thought like, wow, like this whole feminization of black men is growing where it feels like to counteract men or black men see, being seen as masculine, they now have to be like soft and docile and 
you know, exactly. And 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 I think, do you think that's creeping into the church? I know there's been conversations around like, wow, are there more women than men in church? And some people suggest that it's because Christianity is, is is feminized, so to speak. Like, what do you guys think about that? Why are you smiling? <laughs> <laughs> that's I've, got, I've, got, I've got strong thoughts on it. That's why. Because I want to hear your thoughts. I want to hear it too. Just really quickly, I was just going to say that. Um, the whole idea of Christianity being feminized. If someone asked me that question or, or said that to me, the first thing I'm thinking of is going to a church where you're singing a worship worship song about Jesus, who is this like Mediterranean guy, like coming out out of the water like a Baywatch scene, coming to save me. You know th- those kind yeah, of worship so. songs. So when I think of Christianity being feminized, that's what I think of. I know there's some people that think of more more women than men in church, women preaching. We won't get into that too tough, but mm. we can get into that. We can get into that. Or it could be some <laughs> things like women, um, male singing, which is some people think only women do, or worship being Bro. quite emotive. So, so it it appeals to women in ways that it doesn't appeal to yeah. men. Yeah. Um, or like building more uh, programs that are tailored towards women in the church as well. Yeah, stuff like that. Some people say the lack of discipleship in a lot of churches, so mm. that it, it feels like there's a lot of things for women to do, but not much agency in men. So I, I don't know, what, what do you guys think about all of that? Interesting. I think I, in most places, there's more women than men. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, in general, yeah. not just the church. Um, when it comes to church aspects, women are always the ones who are up for serving or up for taking, you know, certain positions or there's just always like a an excitement. And I feel like God's really blessed women in that in that kind of aspect of women wanting to serve and I don't I don't mean in, in a sense where anyone could try and flip it but women are generally have servant hearts mm. um, and I feel like if men also see that in themselves or in other men it could draw men to you know to come to church and yeah. I feel like there's great examples in all of our churches that we go through, I know you guys' church as well, there's great examples of men there that could lead other men to be like, yes, like, let's do this together kind of thing. Um, even the church I go to, I look at a lot of my leaders and I'm like, I I appreciate this this man that I can, you know, just sit under his teaching and just listen and follow his example and get advice of him. But I think in general, it's always just more women than men. Mm. It's frustrating because women will go to a church and you'll say, oh, like, you talk to a woman, she'll say, there's no brothers in church or there's no mm. men in my church. And sometimes they will in, even end up leaving some church because there's no potentials there. But that's all, this always seems to be a huge issue in the church. Mm. So do you think the church, do you think Christianity is feminized or can be feminized in certain contexts? I think when we look at who Jesus is, I think um, what um, Louis was saying in regards to the whole Jesus is my, you know, kind of, yeah, this, the whole Jesus is my boyfriend aspect. Valentine. Can feminize it, where we don't see him as sovereign, strong, someone that didn't care, Mm. like, in regards to, like, he was ruthless against religious people, against Pharisees, against the scribes, and those who seemed to be like they were religious. He was, he was, Jesus was a bad man, bro. (laughs) <laughs> it was a G mm. flip tables he had authority mm. and sometimes because 
sometimes other religions could play an aspect in it we, where we see um, Muslims as they are the authoritative one because their rules on the kind That's of great, men, man. women thing could be different. Mm. So you'll go to prison and you'll see that a huge percentage of people that go there end up converting to Islam than they do mm. Christianity. Um, because it's seen as the more male-domineering religion mm. where, again, and this is what I was saying before, sometimes servitude is seen as weak. Mm. And for men to serve is seen as a weak thing. So if you're seen as weak and someone who's striving to be humble or turning the other cheek or things like that, it's being seen as weak. And unfortunately, that strips the quote-unquote manhood from the man in the church. And if they, if they see the man in the church like that, a lot of people will see the Jesus of Christianity like that. Yeah, I think... Um, it's funny you, you mentioned Islam because Andrew Tate, who we were talking about at the beginning, is now pushing Islam, or he's a, he's a Muslim and not pushing Islam, but he's definitely vocal about the fact that he's now a Muslim. And he's spoken about why he doesn't respect Christianity. He used to be a Christian loosely. Um, he loosely, I don't know if he was a real Christian, but he at least say he, he was and now he's a Muslim. And there's a couple other guys as well in that same community that have now gone over to Islam for the same reasons that he said. Um, do, do I think Christianity has been feminized? In, definitely not in. I don't, I don't even think it's been intentional in a lot of cases. So the first thing I would say is, I think, number one, there's more women than men in church, and that is not women's fault. That's not it's their not, problem. Yeah. Uh, we, just love God. we just love guys. Exactly. For, for, yeah, exactly. Um, or it could just be because there's more women. Whatever it is, that, and that's not their fault. Um, also, I, I think Annie made a really, really good point. There are aspects of Christianity that, from a worldly sense, doesn't look like the world representation of what a man should be. So like servitude and stuff like that. Um, or even like worship to something that might not look manly. Um, so those acts of worship might not look uh, manly. Um, authority. Well, yes, respecting authority might not look manly. Submission. So even submission to the elders or whatever doesn't, might not look manly to a lot of people. And that's, that's not Christianity being feminized. That's, that's just what Jesus was. Um, Jesus was someone that would serve, like Ali was saying, like Louis was saying, um, and that's an example, and that is a perfect example of what a man should be, um, even if the world doesn't see that. It might be added to the ick list. That's <laughs> <laughs> true, isn't it? What's it called? Men, men who worship. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Why, why, why are you on your knees, man? Why are you singing? <laughs> why are you on your knees, man? Why am I not singing? Why are you singing for you? Um, are you humbling? But, but saying all of that, so saying all of that, so that, that's where it's not Christianity's fault while why the world has viewed it, may have viewed it as more feminine than masculine. Um, but <laughs> there are aspects where what I think happens, and I experience it, and the reason why I'm, I guess, not passionate about it, but it's something I've experienced where there are aspects, and maybe because there are more women than men in church, mm. where churches seem to cater to that. So mm. as opposed to preaching a message or delivering a service that is just for Christians, you can almost tell that there is, and they, they might not even know it, but because they, they used to just being women, like more women as people serving, more women in the congregation, more women in leadership, naturally, again, not really a fault of their own, it's going to cater to more to that side. And you can see certain things that are, do, that are done that um, definitely would lean on that kind of feminine scale. Um, I think worship's a great example. And it's not... Because there's no drums or what? No, so, so for me... <laughs> Don't take me seriously. No, for me with worship specifically, it's not even the fact that there are... Well, no, there is some worship songs that are clearly romanticising Jesus in a way that I don't I don't think 
women or men need to be doing as we do so there's there is that um and styles of worship as well may lean more towards a more emotive more feminine way of worshiping god which i haven't got a super super big problem with but what can happen and what i experienced being in a church where in my opinion it was more catered that way is as men you either don't feel comfortable in that setting or don't know how to express your ways of worshiping or and you either leave or you're not you're just not comfortable doing it or you you alter how you worship to fit in with everyone else because that's what i did mm. okay. there's certain things when i was in certain churches that i would do that i know i, would, I didn't have a natural feeling to do um and and that wasn't bad by the time i didn't know it was bad like um you know if you weren't like super emotional when you were singing worship you look you, you probably look like you're not really worshiping god mm. so you have a, again you have a get with the program <laughs> or you feel super uncomfortable you end up leaving and that was my that was literally my experience mm. um and it took a while for me to be like oh actually i don't need to be super emotional i yeah. might be yeah. i might there might be certain things that might make me emotional but i don't need i don't need to be to show that i'm worshiping god mm. um or i don't need to cry because there's a, like a, a super like really heart wrenching so I don't need to even though everyone else is doing it, I don't need to if that if I call to do that if I feel to do that I might but I don't need to um and I don't know if churches are aware that that is what is being pushed and I don't think I don't know how those churches that push it like that are aware of how that affects some men um I, I've spoken to men that went to churches that I went to that just didn't feel comfortable um and for a variety of reasons they look I've looked elsewhere or just left church and talk in favor. And I think churches should bear that in mind. Now I'm not saying that oh churches should act a certain way to make sure men come to their church. Mm. No, not specifically. But just be more aware of the environment you've created. Um and make sure you're not catering it to just one demographic and just be aware of it. Because I speak to men all the time. Uh, last thing I'll say on this men <laughs> are attracted and pause. Men are attracted <laughs> by other men in church, I think. So, hear me out. Oh, no, that's the yeah, yeah, hear me out. So, I remember I used to go to a Bible study um, where it's the only church experience in my life that, where there was more men than girls. Mm. And it was a mixed Bible study. And what I noticed when I spoke to other guys is when guys came to this Bible study and saw there were other guys, they felt automatically way more comfortable. <laughs> mm. Or they felt like, oh, rah. Like, because there is, there's still... There's still a thought or feeling towards church with a lot of men that it's like, this is for women, or this is something yeah. my, my mom used to drag me, my mom used to drag me to church, yeah. or my aunt used to drag, my grandma used to drag me to church, or yeah. my wife or my girlfriend drags me to church. It's still a very like, there's a there's a, a perception of church that is very, very feminine. Um, yeah. And I, I do think churches, again, not cater to the fact that that is the case, but just be aware of it. That was really long-winded, but those are all my thoughts. Those are all my thoughts. <laughs> so, I, love, I love how you touched yeah. on men seeing men because a lot of times men are not there because there's no other men. Yeah, yeah. And it's a cycle. Isn't it? Going to church and seeing male leadership or men that still love the Lord because we're in 2023, it's not the same as it was 10, 20 years ago. Yeah, um, people are uh, you know leaving the faith left, right, and center. So going somewhere where you're seeing sound teaching, you're seeing men serving other people, serving in church, and you're seeing men still loving the Lord and being men, it's rare. Yeah. Mm. So. so seeing that is such a blessing, it's so refreshing, and it's very encouraging. Mm. Yeah, I'm saying. I was going to say that as well, and men stop calling their pastor's daddy. Oh, that's... <laughs> 
<laughs> you spent yeah, that last that time. That one is men and women. No, I will always touch on that. Don't just men. Don't just men. Yeah, no one. No one should be calling you. Just kill me. Don't kill me. No one. Especially my I have to say this right now. Camera, you can, is this camera on me? <laughs> if you're a man and you call your twin, just think about it. I'm not saying don't. I'm not saying stop straight away. Just think about no, it. I'm saying stop. <laughs> it's, it's, a, it's a process. <laughs> They're just the same by grace. You're so silly. It's interesting because I remember um, listening to, I used to, when I first became a Christian, I used to listen to Mark Driscoll a lot. Hey, um, and he had this, this whole big picture idea of get men into the church get their wives, their girlfriends, get the community, you get, and you just build from there. So he had a lot of like, okay, army, strong language, appealing to men. Um, and I think for the, for the time it worked. Um, and it just made me think of like, how important is discipleship for mm. men? Cause I think when I speak to people, they're always just like, oh, you know, I'm in church, but I don't have anyone to talk to, or oh, there's not enough guys, or there's no one to talk to, you know, I don't have many male figures around and stuff like that. And I feel like, when I think of discipleship and that word, it, oh, I always think of men first. Mm. Um, so like, yeah, how important do you guys think discipleship is for men in the church? I remember um, seeing an interview by uh, the Perrys, mm. Jackie and what's her husband's name? Preston. Preston. Preston said he went to a conference or an event and some guy came basically crying to him for discipleship. Where are the men? Like, where do you have any men around you? It's like I've gone to several and I just haven't had that. Men are crying for discipleship. Yeah, I understand. Men need discipleship from other men. And then it comes to what does discipleship look like? Discipleship doesn't mean let's go for a coffee, <laughs> discipleship can mean come to my house mm -hmm. and see how I live with my family. And we can have a talk through there, just seeing how day-to-day -day things are. Do you know what I'm saying? And I think we see, we don't see the importance of people seeing how you live behind the doors of church. Come to our home, come and eat. Just fellowship has a lot to do with discipleship. Mm -hmm. And we rarely see that anymore, man. COVID's come, everyone's in their corner. Everyone wants to go home after church and little things like that add to what discipleship is. Mm. And I think we don't have that. Yeah, I think in any area of life, like if I wanted to become a footballer, I'd look at another footballer, see how they train, mm. get some nuggets of wisdom here and there. Any aspects of life that you want to get into, you're going to find someone who's experienced in that field or someone who's who knows a little bit about our field. Mm. Why would you not want to do that in a Christian life? Mm. Mm. And I think that, I think you're right in saying that, yeah, we're crying out for discipleship. I don't know if that crying out is actually literal. As in, no, I don't no, know no. people are actually asking. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But it's and what, I, it's I what we want and need. It's what we want and but need, But a lot yeah. of us won't say it. We won't say yeah. it, but also not a lot of us are seeking out men to disciple. Yeah. Because yeah. yeah. um, that's why I struggled with the earlier question about, you know, manhood, what is my view of it and my view now? Because I felt like I've never had a role model and I've just been winging it my whole life. Mm -hmm. And you get to a point where you hit your 30s and you're like, oh, so who actually taught me how to be a man? I've just been looking at this person, looking at this person and just going through life and informing things as I go. And thankfully became a Christian. Um, and obviously Jesus became my kind of barometer for manhood. But in most cases, yeah, most of us, we, most of us would say that we've never had, um, obviously maybe our dads or whatever, but even without that, even even whilst having a dad, I've never had a man set us down and actually disciple us. Yeah, I've never. I just think, yeah, we're just, we're crying out for that, man. Yeah. 
And yeah. even even listening to this now is making me think, who could I be discipling? That's exactly what I was going to say. Yeah, yeah I yeah. think because we can sit, I've had this conversation with my guys a lot of the time actually, and like we can sit and we, I think we all sat down and said, none of us have been like intentionally discipled like when we were younger, right? And you can sit and moan and say, um, but that like, God's grace is so like amazing that despite like Louis, like Louis just said, even though he didn't have that, he still found, like, he still he still sees what it's been around. Obviously you're growing, we're all growing, we're all learning, we're gonna, well, that's never gonna stop. And we can still be discipled um, till, even till now, until we old, to an older grade, we can still be discipled by someone else. Um, but I think as guys now, we need to be more intentional about seeking out people to disciple. Like we can sit and say, oh yeah, I didn't get discipled, no one said that, but okay, that's cool, that's past. Now it's our opportunity to do that for yeah. the next generation. And we should, as men, we should be way, 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 way more intentional about looking out for it. Yeah, yeah, sometimes you might want people to ask or seek it out, but also, like, like I said, like, invite people to over to your house or wherever it is, like, because you don't need to go and, you, need, you don't need to go find someone and say, oh, I'm going to disciple you. That's, yeah. I, don't, I don't think that's how it works. And a lot of people wouldn't respond. To be honest, in my 20s, if someone came up to me, especially in my twenties, <laughs> if someone came up to me and said, oh, "I'm going to disciple you," I would have been airing messages like, "I would have been blue ticks." Like, no, even, even in like in a malicious way. It's just yeah. I, I, I wouldn't. Someone, I, I don't know. There's something about that that doesn't feel that genuine, or it feels like you're trying to train me or teach. But no, just like relationship. That's all it is. It's just relationship. Um, showing a good example, seeing how like Ali was saying, like seeing how you live my life, how you live your life. I'm um, showing that to another brother. Um, that's a that's a precious commodity that we shouldn't, as men, take for granted. Mm-hmm. And and also someone like me, and I'm preaching to myself. I need to be open to being discipled um, by people as well. I don't know. I probably wasn't discipled also partially because I don't know if I was open to it. Like mm-hmm. I remember saying to someone like, you know how like people are, like like go to their pastors for like advice and stuff like that, or call them, or something happens in their life, mm-hmm. they call pastors. I've never been like that, ever. <laughs> I've, I've never I've never called or texted my pastor for advice. Let me say that my alpha. I've, had bare, I've had bare pastors <laughs> in my life, you know. <laughs> I've had a lot of pastors in my life. I've been I've been in church my whole life. I've lived, I've lived a decent amount of years. I've never I've never gone to I've never called or texted my pastor and said, Oh I need advice on something. And that's me. That's not all because my pastor I mean some some cases because my pastors weren't accessible, but also I have to look at myself and say, Oh, actually, how willing was I to like be humble and ask and know that that person might have had my best interest to want to guide me. So as much as I want to disciple other people, we, as men, we need to be open to being disciples. It's not it's not just yeah. about people being there to disciple us. Um Did you ask your boys when you needed advice? Yeah, I asked my boys, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. But I but I won't call that discipleship. I no, I get, yeah, I get it. I'm, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm making a distinction. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I would ask my boys. Yeah, yeah, Someone told me there's always like a, there should be like a kind of freeway thing. Not freeway, but there should be someone discipling you. Also, you discipling someone to just keep that cycle going. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. I always think of like, so I, I, I always say I'm worried for the future generation. Uh, I'll see something on social media. I saw something last week where um, I think there was a kind of TikTok organized looting of um, a shop in Oxford Circus. I don't know if you guys saw it. But basically, a group of, a group of young people, about 30 to 40, I did see that, 18 yeah, year olds, they yeah. just stormed a shop in Oxford Circus. Oh, and I was sitting there thinking, nah, this is younger generation. I watched it. Like, I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm, completely, I'm scared. They're tapped, <laughs> literally. But then, I can't, again, preaching to myself, same as you said, I can't just talk about how worried I am for the younger generation. Mm. And not think about the people that I know who are of the same ilk, same age, mm. and not think what wisdom what can I be yeah. dropping, you know, to them, or in what ways? Like you said, can I invite them to my house? Can I sit them down? Can I um, just ask them? Okay, cool. So what's going on? Like, 
that kind of thing. Mm. So yeah, I just think yeah, it's easy to say younger generation are in trouble, social media, this and this. Oh, we never had that growing up. But now it's like, actually, wait, like, we're here now saying all these things. What can we be sharing? Do you know what I mean? You guys have got me wanting to put on Bashy Black Boys now. That's a top three UK oh, hip hop tunes. Literally. Oh, it's so sweet. It's actually a classic. <laughs> Shout out Bashy. Um, so all of you guys are married, yeah. How does manhood play in your marriage? That's a whole new podcast. great question. <laughs> How much time we got? That's a whole new podcast. I've always thought about this, so, you know. Yeah. Whenever you, you guys are ready. You're the veteran. He's been married the longest. He's been married the longest. Been I've been married eight. Six, six, six years. Six years. Almost, three years. Almost three, three years. Yeah. Almost three years. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, you guys should... Because you guys should go first. You know, he's an old G. Yeah. So no, I'm, I, I'm far from an old G, but <laughs> six years comes like that. And you realise, wow, like, people are saying 25, 30 years, and it actually just goes so quickly. When you're in love, it is like a blink of an eye. Guys, we're men, we're men. <laughs> don't laugh, don't laugh, There's don't no laugh. Even I was testing you out. But um, what's missing? What has manhood taught me about? What has marriage taught me about manhood? Yeah. Jeez, so much. <laughs> I think um, I don't know if it's specific to manhood, but it probably it might be. Just like I didn't know how prideful I was until I got married. Yeah. I didn't know, man. Like I, mean, I probably knew I was a little bit prideful. But I, would, I wouldn't even describe myself as a prideful person before I got married. Then as soon as I got married, I was like, oh, snap. <laughs> <laughs> like, I'm proper prideful. And there's been so many times, don't know if I look at it as like, oh, it's because I'm a man. But there's been so many times I've had to like check myself. Mm. And yeah, part of it is just like wanting to be a good leader um, of, of the household and say, actually, let go of your pride. The better thing to do now in this situation for our marriage, for our household is to let go of pride to be humble, to be servant-hearted, like Ali was talking about earlier. Um, I put my, not put my desires, but put, yeah, put, put my heart, my fleshy desires to the side, at least, um, for the benefit of our household. Um, so, that, and that's been a journey, um, a, a difficult journey. It's obviously, I'm only three years in, so I'm, I'm sure I'm going to continue to learn more. Um, but yeah, I think, I think that's what, it, what it's been. I'd love, I'd love to hear what you guys would say. Though. Yeah, I think, agree, by the way, 100%. Marriage will test your pride. Marriage, no, sorry, marriage will expose it. Expose it. Um, but I think for me, it's been, I've lived for, let's say, 29 years making my own decisions for myself. And, you know, if anything, if, if anything goes wrong, it all falls on mm-hmm. me, right? Mm-hmm. To now being married and having to think about someone else and the implications of my decisions. If, if I make the wrong choice, um, again, you know, that could... Um, 100%. Yeah, negative. Then, uh, so I think for me, it's been just how much I need God in my decision-making whether it's the small day-to-day things or the, the you know, just the big things in general. Mm. Um, I just didn't realise it would be hard, you know. Like marriage, mm. marriage, marriage itself has been great, mm. but in terms of life and the decision-making behind mm. all of it, I'd say, yeah, there's times when I have to, I'm, I'm like, what's the word I'm looking for? I'm a little bit paralysed in my decision-making because I don't want to make the wrong choice because now it's not just me it's, it's mm. going to impact, it's mm. someone else, mm-hmm. you, see what I mean? you see what I'm saying? So for me, that's been a challenge. But otherwise... Um, yeah, the reminder's there that, you know, as a man, I'm always second in command, even in marriage, even as a leader, mm. um, I'm second in command. I'm thinking about, um, I think it's Isaiah 6, where um, Isaiah sees the Lord, sorry, Uzziah sees the Lord, and then, um, yeah, the, um, God says, who's going to go? And he's first thing, here I am, send me. Mm. And it's like, what voice do I have? 
um, I can't remember the full scripture, but it's like, what voice, um, what word do you have for me? So it's like, I'm always second in command and there's always something I need to do. That God, so there's a, there's, a, um, there's a mandate that God has given me and it's a God-honoring mandate. So it's not just for me, it's, mm. it's also whatever God has given me, I have to do because I'm going to answer to God. And I think that's what's kind of impacted my decision-making in some ways. Um, yeah, it's, it's been challenging, definitely. Mm. Yeah, and your father too, so I don't know if that has any... Yeah, no, I, I think I think um, being a father does add to it. But I think, um, firstly, I think the whole ha- aspect of manhood being the hard one or being the the you know having to show a, a type of masculinity and this strong exterior, um, a lot of that is either is challenged when you're married, but also a lot of it is is uh, refined when you're married because. I can be someone who cries on my wife's shoulder um, and that's okay. And I'm not seen as, you know what I'm saying? This man's giving me the ick. Mm-hmm. Another thing to the list. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Crying. Um, yeah. <laughs> you might have said that. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? But um, I can also show my weakness. So marriage is, there's nothing hidden in marriage. Mm. So my upbringing, my relationship with my parents from young, all of that comes out in marriage because it's like, this is how I've been raised. These are the habits I've had all up until marriage and the wrong habits will come out in marriage. Mm-hmm. Mm. Do you know what I'm saying? So we've had discussions on pornography in our marriage and we've had to tackle where did this come from? Mm. That's why I always we always um, tell people, me and my wife, go for therapy. Whether it's solo or couples therapy, go for therapy because you really get to see what is inside some things are hidden inside for time and it's just some things always there's always similar patterns or things that are bothering you in your marriage or that's just what is happening when when therapy brings that out it's like oh okay i understand this happened when i was young that's affected me throughout my whole life that's why the same pattern's been happening and now it's affected me in my marriage and all of that kind of stuff so conversations like that are very important to have and i feel like marriage was the best thing that happened to me in regards to for me to become the man I am today, I'm obviously still not perfect. Mm. I have a long way to go in regards to growing, but thankfully through marriage, it's a sanctification. It's a, I believe it's the biggest, one of the biggest ways in way, the way God can sanctify you mm. is when there's another person in the house and you know that we are, there's sometimes could be a huge clash, but that clash will, God can use that in order to open up a person and say, right, this is what happened. I saw my parents doing this and it affected me in this way, but I'm not going to continue to allow that to, to destroy my marriage. So there's things that I literally need to let go. It's a, it's a pruning process. It's one of the ways God can prune. It's not the only way because not everyone is called to be married. Not everyone will get married and you don't have to be married for God to prune you. No. Mm. But it is a strong way of God just pruning you and bringing these things out um, and just seeing that, seeing God's glory in that. Do you know what I'm saying? Um, That's a question, just to back off that. Because it's something I thought about, right? Um, I'm, I'll start off clarifying it by saying not everyone is going to be married. Not everyone's cool to be married. Some, people are, that's, some people are, uh, you know, going to be single for the rest of their life. Um, but, but, for those that need to reject it, reject it. Um, but, because of what Ali was saying, specifically to men, and the, well, it prunes men and women, but it prunes men in a, in a way that 
So not that you can't be pruned without, like Ali just said, without marriage, of course, you can. But there's a specific sanctification, like you were saying, um, and pruning that happens when you are married. Do you, knowing that, do you think, do you think single men that have the ability to get married, I, I can phrase that so much better, but the ability to get married should actively desire it, and if they don't, would you question it? So that's what, it's more the question, because especially at a certain age, like there's some people that I would say, or I, I saw a guy that's eligible in whatever way you want to describe eligible, but he's enjoying his singleness, and oh, you can do that for a bit, but at some point, do you, as Christian men, do you say to your brother, like, bro, like, I'm saying it for the, for the I'm not even trying because I know there's many single guys that are trying yeah. and it's for whatever reason they haven't been the right person and blah, blah 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 so I'm not talking about those guys I'm talking about the guys that you know that they're not trying like they're not even I don't know if it's commitment issues or attachment I don't know what it is but they're just not they're not there do you because I've been in a position as a friend that's gone to my friends and said oh like bro that like, was that was good, like, <laughs> like, what is this something? Like, is everything okay? Like, like, do that. And I think the reason I ask that, um, I know it's a bit of a long-winded question, but the reason I ask is because sometimes I'm con- not convicted, but I'm like, oh no, maybe I shouldn't. Like, maybe some people are just supposed to be single, yeah. and, and that's calm. And in many ways, it is right. But because of what you were saying about what the beauty of marriage mm. um, and the benefits to it, it, am I right to go to my my bro and say like, bro, like? Come on, man. Or should I just leave him to do... Should I leave um, him to do... There are, there are certain guys that need to put the Xbox down after a while. That's the Xbox. You don't even PS5. But yeah, there are certain guys <laughs> that at some FIFA. point need to put the PS5 down and yeah. get up and get out. And, and it, There's women out there. Mm-hmm. I, I was going to say earlier that... Um, the last, well, this, I last heard this about five, six years ago, but the ratio apparently in the church for women to men is about seven to one. That's crazy. It's probably grown since then, by the way. That was about five so years bad. ago. But apparently, church at large, seven to one. That's so bad. And that's, it's not because the men aren't around. They're around. They're just, a lot of them are sitting at home. Yeah. yeah. I think also knowing, is that seven what a man, one. is that what a man wants? Mm. Even the same as, is that what a woman wants? Because I think women get 10 times worse than men. Um, which is very frustrating um, and sometimes upsetting to see as a, as a brother. You know, women will get to their 29 and say, like, oh, time is getting on now. Yeah, What's yeah. going on with your husband? Like, they get to choose yeah, that. Oh, okay, husband. auntie. Let me just go and <laughs> ask my man to marry me and mm. it doesn't work like that. But also, with men, marriage is not the be and end all. It's not the last final destination that we oh. reach as Christians and we're like, I've made it. I've defeated the final boss. No, I agree, I agree with that, but yeah. I think... That can also be an excuse to not get married. Agree. Um, my, my thing is because I agree. I, I fully hear that it's not the being end all. It's not what makes you a Christian. It's not, not none of those things. I understand that. Um, I I just I more just question when a man actively says he's not thinking like for to an explicit time. And if it again, if he's interested, so obviously there's other things like maybe they have you know sexuality things and stuff like that. I'm not even talking about that. I'm talking about more just like. I'm not looking at it. Like, I'm more focused on career. Because I hear I've heard it. Oh, I'm focused on career. I want to get my house first. I want to do this first. And a part of me is like, yeah, that's cool. Go for it, bro. Like, do your thing. And a part of me is like, as Christian men, is that, shouldn't marriage be on part, like, if that's what you're in, like, you're into women or whatever, 
like isn't that isn't that something that should be on? I I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong. I'm literally just throwing it out yeah. there. Like, yeah, it is it acceptable for a guy, a Christian man, that is interested in the opposite sex. I I, I do have to clarify that. Um, but yeah, that's interest opposite sex to just be like, no, I'm just focusing on career, you know, I'm just focused on getting money for, for like you're like you're 35, 40, and you're still saying that. I think mm. with that, yeah, you have to look at like one thing I would look at is you're 35, you're 40, you've got your career. There is no way, yeah, as a man, you're not thinking about women. Yeah, no, exactly. <laughs> that's you what I'm saying. Yeah. And I think not just to say get married because you might be burning, but why wouldn't you want to take that next step in your life where you, you, you know what I'm saying? Instead of just dating around or possibly women coming to your house and you've, you've got your life set out, it would be great to take that step as well. Yeah. Um, but sometimes it's only advice you can give someone and you can't, you can't bring them to, you can't, can only bring to the horse. You know what I'm and it's, it's, that's a decision they have to make. But you can only encourage them as a friend. Because, yeah. Um, yeah, as I said, some women get it 10 times worse than oh, we do. Wow. We have time. So any concluding thoughts about Amanda? Just to say that's very refreshing to hear, man. Yeah, yeah. no, for sure. I'm not even yeah. like capping just because it's BB. Like, there's, I've got good brothers around me. Got some bad brothers. I avoid them. Got some good brothers around me. I got some good ones. Shout out the good ones, man. Shout out the good ones. But yeah, what are your thoughts, like concluding thoughts for the random? Because anything that you think would be useful. I would say if you're getting married, if you're over thirty. No, or maybe. <laughs> but um, I would say a couple of things. To, so to the non-Christian brothers, you know, find out more about if you've got Christian friends, Christian family, find out about more about Christianity. Um, a lot of the perceptions of Christianity from men outside of the church may be completely wrong or are completely wrong. So find out more, ask questions. Um, talk to other Christian guys there are Christian guys in church like it isn't just women it isn't just your mum and your auntie and your grandma like you do find men like you same age that are Christian um, so find out more if you're not a Christian um, if you're a Christian that um, that isn't in the church I would encourage you to join a church community um, and find other brothers um, in Christ again like we spoke about I won't, I won't labour the point too much um, fellowship discipleship um, learning what you know living as a Christian man looks like um, by observe, observation, by conversation, by relationship, by through fellowship. Mm. Um, so yeah, if you're not part of a church or church community, look seek seek out one. Super important. Um, and then for the Christian man that is in church, um, yeah, continue on your journey. Continue to put Christ at the center um, and be aware of the impact you can have on other Christian men um, and women and children. Um, but you have super impact just by you being in a church as a Christian man, or not even just in a church, in a, in a public sphere, on social media, as a Christian man, you, you're not aware of the amount of responsibility you have. Um, um, embrace it. Mm. Um, embrace it. You might be the only Christian man some people ever see. So, yeah, embrace it. I would say, servitude is not weakness. And men stop calling your pastor dad. Every time, every time, that's my exit. I'm not going to lie. We just that needs to be a topic. That is my whole topic. That's very simple from my perspective. Yeah, yeah. I think I would say find an older man or find a group of men who keep you on your toes because that's that's always the best way to learn. Um, read as much as possible about Jesus. 
as much as he can. He, he is the perfect man. Um, yeah, yeah, uh, that's all I say. Yeah, just mm. find find a group of good men and read as much as you can about Jesus and seek to follow him, and you'll grow as a man. I would add, don't give up on a man. Don't give up on it. Yeah, don't give up on it. We're not all trash. Most yeah, of us. Step up. But we're, we're just still the same. Still the same. Still the same. We're trying. Wretched men. Oh, guys, let us know what you think. If you have any questions, we do have an upcoming OxBB episodes. So if there's anything yeah, male related, masculine related that you want to ask, definitely drop that in. Um, but no, I really enjoyed this conversation. Yeah, it's good. It's a good safe space. Hope it was a safe space for you guys. Yeah. Definitely, man. Definitely, definitely. The fact that you know we allowed you guys to have podcasts, man. <laughs> like we said, there's too many spaces out there, so yeah, <laughs> just keep it saturated. Keep it here. Also, one more last thing Crossway is a great church. Oh gosh, <laughs> is it? From what I'm hearing, I'm hearing there. I'm joking, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not.